Welcome back to the Hashtag 59 Podcast. Mike R. here. Today we have a couple special guests in our episode. Stacy and Lauren from Friends of Grand Rapids Parks join the episode today to talk about forestry, litter picking, and all things outdoor-based that's happening in the state of Michigan. Also, partway through the recording of the podcast, our friend Allison from Happy People Hike shows up, so she gets to jump in on the fun. Wide range of topics, a lot of fun, great conversation. We'll have them back on with Jill G to do a little Parks and Pierogi episode very soon. So join us on the inside for a little in-depth conversation with a couple of the change makers when it comes to forestry, environmentalism, and getting trees planted and litter removed in the state. Bless off! That's... That's the intro right there. I'm taking that. I'm no Coming more in hot. I do not need my French fusion music uh, music blend anymore. My intro. I'm gonna bring Stacy on for every episode. Stacy Lauren, what's up, guys? I play the tuba as well. So, voice instrumentalist. Ooh, is one of his many talents. <laughs> yeah, Lauren's a musician. We could do your intro. So Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. If their met if their parks are as cool as their intros, you're gonna have a great time, Adam friends. <laughs> I'd argue they're cooler. Our parks are way yeah. cooler than us. Especially the ones with you know an abundance of shade trees. That's right. Excellent. So for those of you on the hashtag fifty nine podcast that have been following along, uh, you know we're up in Michigan all summer during our Midwest adventure season. And specifically we've been doing trash cleanups in Greater Grand Rapids and I'm Pumped to have some special guests on here with us today. Jill G is not in the house, so it's Ooh. all Mike R. It's all it's all masculinity going on today here. And we were uh, we were lied to. We came for Jill G. Avi, no offense, Mike. She mainly just sticks to the sandwich portion of the podcast. That's what she really <laughs> likes to focus on. Me too. You know, so I mean, I, I have sandwiches in the car. She was like, no food piece on this. We're just talking about the outdoor adventures. I think I'm going to stay at home. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, but <clears throat> so we have Lauren and Stacy here from Friends of Grand Rapids Parks. They've been partnering with us and Happy People Hike and Pacifico on the trash cleanups in 2022. Super, super rad guys. Uh, we're actually recording this in a park, so there's going to be background noise. An outdoor adventure podcast actually be being recorded outside Woo, underneath is, the sassafras tree which smells really really good it smells like root beer which is what you know makes sense sarsaparilla sarsaparilla <laughs> so it's nice so why don't you guys introduce yourselves uh what do you do what's cool about you other than playing the trombone and a little bit about your roles and mission with uh, friends of GR Parks. Yeah, just to be clear, I played the tuba, not the trombone. Ah. So there's a difference between low brass and real low brass. Yeah. <laughs> Both character-building instruments. Breath support. It's the one. It's one of the. It's one of the main things that Caroline Gleick, who's a professional skier, and I have in common is that we blow, both played tuba in high school. There you go. You heard it here first. That's right. <laughs> High praise. Yeah, heard it here first. Uh, yeah. No, I'm new to Michigan. Uh, my family. We wanted to move out here for the last few years and into the Great Lakes region. 
kind of following the call of the loon, following the Great Lakes, and uh, the old John Muir quote, the mountains are calling and I must go. And we we spent 10 years in the mountains, and we felt like the mountains had hung up the phone and told us to move on, and it was time for us to answer a different call in the Great Lakes. And, and both of us grew up kind of, well, I grew up in South Dakota, so I grew up in the Midwest right on the Minnesota border. My first national park was Pipestone National Monument, which Ooh. is yeah, where the Dakota, yep. Lakota, and Nakota, as well as, I believe, Ojibwe, uh, carved their their pipes, hence Pipestone. And then Laura Ingalls Wilder's home on the other side of, of where I grew up, about 30 minutes away. So we were excited to get back, and I'd spent a career in outdoor rec and health in the outdoors, and I'd spent some time working with different brands and doing first ascents, ski ascents and descents, Iraq, Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan. And it just took us a while. The pandemic slowed everything down, and... Um, my wife and I came out to Grand Rapids in September of 2021. We, I had met David Marquardt, who's the director of parks for the city, parks and forestry. So we worked really close with him and uh, for a grant that I was working on. And I remember hanging up the phone and telling my wife, hey, there's some really awesome things going on in Grand Rapids. If we're ever serious about moving to Michigan, we should check that out. Because we always talked about moving to Michigan and the lakes and everything. And um, yeah, the friend's job opened up and uh, I applied. And I remember my first interview uh, with Lauren, Lauren and Holly interviewed me and both Lauren and I were like, you are not what I thought you were going to be because they had scrubbed all the names and everything from the resumes, which is really cool. And so then they're like, oh, we're going to interview Stacy. And I was like, oh, I'm interviewing Lauren and Holly. And then, so basically our job is just to confuse people. Just a couple of guys with beards with names that are confusing the gender. Right. <laughs> if you're into that. <laughs> yeah, so I came out here, moved out June 1st, moved the whole family, and uh, West Michigan's just been awesome. It's such a, I mean, Michigan itself is just a great state for adventure and learning about forestry. I've never done anything with forestry, and so it's been fun working with some, we just have such a passionate team about parks and trees and people who live it and breathe it, and Lauren's been a huge part of that. Yeah, and that's kind of funny because my story is really like the polar opposite, go back in time. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and got to enjoy this awesome wilderness to some extent growing up you know we get out in tent cab we usually had the tents that fell apart broke or flooded when it rained but we still got out in plenty of state parks and you know inevitably when I graduated high school in Grand Rapids back in 2003 um, it wasn't what it is now you know there's a lot more going on there's a lot more happening around not just environmental justice but just in general you know with culture food music you know there's a lot of people that are, are seeing the city as a place to live and to move to from other areas especially given circumstances over the past couple of years as Stacy's kind of laid out like yeah we want to go to there <laughs> you know yeah, like it's yeah. a place and for me I was at a point back when I graduated like I'm leaving because there's nothing here for me I'm going to a real city I had to move to Chicago and that's where I went to school there and uh, that's when I really started getting pretty in-depth into like nonprofit work and became a you know, preschool educator while I was in school and did a lot of different things spent nine years in Chicago but as a preschool teacher the whole time Right. Not entirely. Not entirely. Oh, okay. oh, almost. almost. You know, there's yeah. a little side hustle you know, here and there. It started out with you know Quiznos and potbelly sandwiches. That's where it started out for seven dollars an hour. That's how I paid my rent when I first moved there. But you know, inevitably found a great gig that gave me two square meals and a snack and a nap time every day instead, which was great for a college student. Um, but invariably, even when I was there, I was you know I'm from here and I you know it's on the lake. It's a little closer to Lake Michigan, but it's still. There's not forest. There's not, the air is different up here. You know, it's cleaner. You can feel the difference. And I was honestly driving back to Michigan every two weeks, every, during the summer, 
whether it was the trout fish to camp, just to get outside, go to the beach, you know, because the sand over here is real. All the sand on the other side of the land, it's all fake on the other side. They ship it all in. <laughs> it's not real Lake Michigan sand. Don't let them tell you otherwise. I'm a little biased. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I was in Chicago and I, I was finding myself, I want to get outside more, you know, and I loved the education path I was on. I loved the nonprofit work I was doing. I actually have a creative writing degree. That's what I went to school for. So I was using that to do nonprofit stuff and but I ended up moving to Portland, Oregon because I was tired of being in the city. And I went out there for about a year and then moved back home to Grand Rapids after that, mostly to get back home closer to family as my uh, parents and whatnot were getting older in age. But as soon as I got back, it felt so right to just be able to get back outside whenever I wanted. You don't have to go far from Grand Rapids to get into some beautiful wilderness. And so all that being said, I ended up going and becoming a, getting into forestry, which is something I never went to school with or did in Chicago. <laughs> One of my many jobs I've had, but. As you get into every, every decade, I think of our, our work careers, if you will, uh, you begin to drift further and further from things you ever studied or ever actually got certified to do. Absolutely. When you're this young. is actually, it's, that's true. This is actually, so I have a, when I got out of the Army in 2007, I went to graduate school for city planning and urban design, thinking I would help rebuild the cities that I had tried to rebuild through the military, that the military destroyed or whatnot, depending on how you look at it. And um, and then, yeah, I ended up falling into the outdoors as a means to, like, literally, like, you know, thinking about death by suicide and struggling with addiction. And a friend of mine got me out rock climbing. And so that pulled me away. And now this job, because we, we are thinking about how do we... Like what's one of the great things I think about West Michigan and Grand Rapids is that like there are all these other great outdoor cities and they are great outdoor cities. I moved from one in Salt Lake, but I mean, I'm five minutes from my door and I am in a river, 10 minutes from my door. I'm in a lake, 30 minutes in my door and I'm in the one of the largest bodies of fresh water in North America in the world. And I mean, but only, I think the statistic right is 80% of fourth graders haven't been to Lake Michigan and Grand Rapids, right? Which is which is 30 minutes away. So the opportunity that we get to have is to get more people, get more people into it, and get yep. more people starting in the city and recognizing that you know, just like what Lauren was saying, it's not just the trips you can do outside of the city, but the park system, the forest system that we're building and ha that people have invested in, and that we have an opportunity with our partners and volunteers to really take to that next level and and be one of the most forested cities in the country to, to be the happiest, healthiest city in, in America and to be the most park and shade equitable, right? So everybody has a park within 10 minutes walk. Everybody has 30% urban tree canopy and, and we can talk about why that's so important. But that's the thing I think we have to really work on. And like, like you were saying, every 10 years, I think this next decade of my life is to really work on and help people recognize you can have a completely valid, awesome, outdoor, awe-inspiring, life-changing outdoor experience walking on a sidewalk because of the way we plant trees and because of the opportunities that people are putting in there um you know as we move away from turf grass as we um, plant different trees as we create different canopies as we move people into these gorgeous parks and grand rapids does parks really differently and there's a lot of competing challenges and concerns that we also have to address and work with and housing and employment and equity and, and everybody's got to feel like they're a part of it but that's what i think um for me, like watching, like flowing into the work that Lauren has already been doing and like coming back to this thing that happened 15 years ago that I was like, oh, I'm never going to, I guess I'll never do that. Um, and so that's kind of fun too, is just flipping yeah. into that. And who knows? Like, I mean, I, I don't like, 
you know, and maybe Lauren in a few years will get a big recording contract or write the novel and be the next, you know, great North American writer. So, I mean, I think that's what's fun about our group as well is that every, everybody we get to work with, like Lauren, has these just really interesting, unique stories mm-hmm. about how they got to forestry. And uh, I, don't, I don't think you could put money down that any of them will necessarily continue in forestry over the next 10 years or 10 years from now. But I think you could certainly put money down to be like, these are people who are going to be passionate about creating community and, and, and change. Well, and, and to, to your point, Stacey, let's elaborate there a little bit too. The, the 30% number and the, the forestry number. Because what we're doing really with you guys is awareness that there's parks in Grand Rapids. Awareness that there's parks in the city you live in. Awareness that you can have an outdoor experience maybe closer than you might have realized to be able to get more people to take that next step which is going to lake michigan and the litter cleanups those are those are nice awareness pieces but i to me it seems like there's something much bigger at stake and much larger at hand as to what the friends and the gr parks and all over the country are doing uh, so maybe let's hop into a little bit on both of those topics if you want yeah absolutely i mean i don't want to say we're in a fight for our lives here human beings we're in a fight for our lives the here uh, the, ho- the co-host will say it for you then <laughs> confirm no no trouble on the get we don't want to make the guests feel <laughs> but yeah. what, I, what i will say is is from an environmental standpoint you know trees check a lot of boxes to do a lot of things for a long time even after you know a lot of us have moved on it that's part of the reason we do the tree planting and we're trying to look at expanding that continually um, what the 30% canopy cover really means is that there's enough trees, you know, I mean, what does that mean exactly? Like imagine a hundred degree day. I don't care whether you're in Texas, Florida, or up North or Alaska, if it's hundred degrees out and you're standing on a blacktop pavement and there's not a lick of shade around, it's, it's going to be, be a whole, it's going to be hot and you don't see anybody standing out in the sun. And so when I walk out my door in a neighborhood with no trees, it's not a place I want to stay. It's not a place I want to congregate. It's not a place I want to go to a business and spend money at all of these things it's not there's no trees to be cleaning the air to provide that cooling effect you know there's all these benefits but you also need to have the the understanding of what that is so we can get technical about it but at the end of the day i think stacy broke it down great it's you should be able to see three trees out every window and we should have enough shade shade is an equity issue yes not that we're throwing shade at the lack of shade but we are (laughs) we need need more shade on every side and that's not just in grand rapids no Um, in central rapids everywhere in central ohio in fact i worked on a on a project there at the uh actually at a fresh market and food pantry that i was working at their their money raised after the community garden went to they called it like a tree park because residents in that those two neighborhoods where we were serving food don't have trees yeah yeah, and I think one of the challenges, there's a lot of organizations that are doing tree planting, and I appreciate the initiative and the joy. You know, if you buy this T-shirt, we'll plant this number of trees, or if you, you know, if you hashtag this, we'll do that. And that's great, and they're, they're putting ceilings in the ground in places that need trees, and I've had that great opportunity and privilege to travel all over the world. And I remember, you know, in Afghanistan, um, wanting, they were really working to plant more trees and, and build more forests and grow more forests. And that stuff's powerful, and, you know, if you read The Man Who Planted Trees and you look at some of the amazing, you know, Nobel Prize winners have, it's all about planting trees. But I think in this specific location in America, in the United States today, the way that we can most aggressively work on things like climate change, addressing the mental health crisis, 
bringing people together is really around planting street trees and getting people to work in parks and identify what is supposed to be here. Um, and, and that is a decision, right? I mean, we, we talk about invasive species and invasive species are really just species out of context and it's context we no longer like. That, that The species is doing what it is trying to do. It's not an evil thing, right? Um, we might be frustrated with it and we might get angry with it, but the species in and of itself, it's not like, you know, creeping myrtle came to destroy us. That's not its goal. Its goal is just to survive and thrive just like we are. But if it's preventing what we, you know, how, how we're defining these experiences right now, and, and that'll change too. I mean, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we're dealing with, um, you know, in Grand Rapids, uh, the Norwegian maple, right? Which 30 years ago felt like it was a great street tree to plant everywhere. And now we know that that tree causes so much challenge and tree trauma for people around it. But really when you can plant, you know, a two and a half inch, well, A, when you can make sure that you're protecting the trees you have, which is critical, and taking care of the trees you have and making sure they stay healthy. And then um, planting, you know, trees, private trees and planting them correctly and in the place. And we have a lot of resources. There's a lot of great tree organizations that have those resources online, including our own. And then really, where are those trees in rights of way? And where are those communities that don't have access to trees? And how do we get them trees? And that's what's challenging because people want this to be for our work in a city. They want to be like, well, I can buy X t-shirt and I plant 10 trees. And it's like, well, we plant 10 trees and that's $5,000. And the reason it's $5,000 is because trees are more expensive and a lot of community members who don't have trees and haven't had access to trees um, or, or have had a bad process with trees before, they don't want the tree, right? Because they've, had, they've seen it wreck. And so when, when we do our work, a lot of our work is around community engagement and community first. And I mean, one of the things Lauren taught me right away is the importance of allowing residents to say no to a tree uh, when we're doing tree plantings because it's the dignity of choice. And, and, and that is one of the things where it, the, it's uphill, but this is a solvable problem. This is a solvable problem. We know the resources we need. And the, the most amazing thing about all of it though is I think how people come together to plant trees in the same way for years, I talked about the healing power of the outdoors and the benefits of climbing mountains and whitewater rafting. I still stand by all that, but you can get that very similar experience. And maybe it's better for some, a little bit less for others. But when you see people who choose to plant a tree and they don't have to plant a tree as part of a landscape business or, you know, as part of their effort to survive, when people are able to choose and volunteer to plant a tree in front of a family house residency where the people want the tree to be there it's a party people connect people say hello people get to know each other and then to see the pride that the residents have and I'm, I'm thinking of, there's you may know what family I'm thinking about but there was like two or three houses that really got together um, and it was just a big party and they named the trees right and um, and seeing people come back to kind of our where we had staged all the tree planting physically worn out and just glowing and sort of unable to speak in the same way if you are a powder skier or you catch a great wave or you have an awesome run on a rapid and you just can't really talk because you're blissed out that's how people come back after they plant street trees that that goes my my pillars in life are family adventure and service and what you just described there is the tree planting could maybe just be a combination of all three of those. Yeah, absolutely. 
My pillars are sandwiches, barbecue, and Jill's going to be so upset she wasn't here to record this episode <laughs> with you, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. And I think, you know, getting back, as I was talking about, you know, the environmental benefits, you know, and again, Stacy brought it back to, you know, not to mention the mental health and wellness that you gain from just, A, being outside. And it is about having those spaces, you know, and having those opportunities, you know, especially in historically disenfranchised neighborhoods that are historically redlined across the country. This is an issue that we've seen consistently where we just literally created less green space in parts of our urban areas across the country. And so we're trying to retroactively correct that problem, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna do it without the folks that live there, who have been there for generations, you know, and that's really big. We're gonna meet people where we're at. We do all of our work, you know, we do things with neighborhoods, not to them. And I think that's yes. a really important aspect of how we do our work. And so it's not just, hey, come do this thing at your park. It's, it's what do you want in your park? What can we help you create in your space to kind of really, you know, follow through, whether it's that little piece of science or that's that little piece of ownership because of a project that's going to lead to that greater stewardship long term. Allison from Happy People Hikes here. Allison, isn't one of your isn't one of your lines inspire well-being? Yes, yes. And I think that. And inspire happiness, but inspire well-being can can go with that. I was just also trying to razz her and see if she would come through on that, which she did while she sets up the table for the event. And I'd say, too, if maybe, you know, maybe you're not quite as radical of an adventurer as Stacy or Mike here, you know, like I love to get outside and camp, but I was mostly a car camper and beach camper and, you know, waiting fisherman. You know, I get out work, but getting back to this idea of how you end up doing what you're doing, right? It's like, love what you do and never work a day in your life. And for me, it's like, I love to just pass on this message that what I teach, you know, when I'm at friends and I'm teaching workshops and I'm working with the community to have the opportunity to share the knowledge that I have that I was able to gain through my experience. I started as a novice in forestry when I was like 28, you know, and I'm only 37, you know, so it's one of those things where at this point, I know what it's like to come into something, not having any knowledge of it, be trained in it, but also because of my education background, I'm able to teach it in a way that is palatable bites. And I didn't know this was a job. You know, and I yeah. went, I did the, you know, that post-08 recession was rough for a lot of folks in college at those times. It's like mm-hmm. everyone's got extra master's degrees and it's like, what do you do when you're going to plan on doing X, Y, and Z with that degree? And it's like, invariably, it's like finding this field that I was like, oh, I'm outside. I really like this. I'm, and I was able to travel all around the country doing tree inventory data collection. And so I got to see forestry and city planning and trees in a lot of communities. And Grand Rapids is doing things at a high level but we still have 20,000 vacant planting sites, you know, yeah. like they're doing a yep. great job, you know? So it's like, there's so many different challenges for so many different communities as far as canopy goes, you know? But for me, I think the big thing about it is that you can get into it. It's not, it's, it's, it's very, it is accessible. And I think that's right. our real goal is that, you know, being a certified arborist is great, but at the same time, like I can know a lot about stuff without having to go for that certification maybe I am a career changer. You know, we have several of our colleagues are career changers who we've all, you know, we have a former animator. <laughs> you know, I became like, a trash panda. So like at 34, I right? think something like that. Yeah. No, <laughs> you should talk. Isn't it mobiles baseball team? Aren't they the trash pandas? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We'll have them on in maybe season six. Right. Exactly. So, we can go down there. It's, it's, <laughs> never, you know, it's, it's never too late and it's never too early to yeah. get into this idea of like if you like being outside my grandma told me she's like when i when she found out i was working with trees finally 
She's like, well, you always carried a stick. You're obsessed with the tree. Sister. Like she knew I was going to do this and I didn't. Mm-hmm. She had it figured out for years. Yeah. I mean, my, my first uh, real role model, I mean, I, I had some great leaders in, in Boy Scouts and stuff, but my first real role model and mentor was Mark Richards. And he was the director of Parks and Rec in Brookings, South Dakota. And then um, Darren and Derek Hoff were twins who were lifeguards and still good friends. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was that opportunity to play outside in a semi-structured but really safe environment and then go to work for mark as a lifeguard and as a t-ball instructor and i think one of the things we struggle with in the outdoor community is what is the relevant outdoor industry and like or what is a relative outdoor sport or activity or engagement and i think we've done such a good job with some of the brands saying like oh you've got it you know it's we're gonna get really rad we're gonna get really gnarly and that's cool and like i'm really glad i got to do that and i still have some you know big dreams big mountain dreams and big definitely big river dreams more more big river dreams at this point and big long bike rides i want to do but um yeah i mean that i think is really fun too is just seeing how kids uh and adults use trees how people use parks uh, how people transition from playgrounds to soccer and back i think you, you see the explosion of disc golf i think is really cool especially in grand rapids is really invested in that and i think our part of our big job now is to get people to engage like what you're doing and and realize like cleaning up is fun and taking ownership of these resources so that we can pass them down. And and you're starting to see that shift. And I think that's why I, I think a lot of the strife right now that's in our country is this shift is this massive paradigm shift of how do we make like everything right now still, there's a lot of people like we flip it back to our forefathers, our ancestors, and well, I want to make my parents proud and everything else like that. And I think we're flipping it back to this notion which, you know, is a, you know, we're all indigenous to somewhere, but the indigenous communities in North America, a long time, right? Seven generations down. And that's also definitely, we see that in a lot of different sacred scriptures throughout the world. And I think we're finally starting to think about that, right? Like, well, what, like, how, how is this next generation going to be proud of me? Or what are my children going to do to be proud of me? Um, What am I going to leave behind? And that's what, you know, that's what tree planting and picking up trash and all those things like it really has an outsized impact and and it starts it starts in our parks it starts in our streets that's the that's the critical element of of where we go and um i think that's what that's what makes this for me really fun and this part of my life is you know every tree that we drive by my daughter's like did you all plant that one did lauren plant that one did becky plant that one did robert plant that one (laughs) and that's special i mean and that i i've always said you know what are we doing legacy work and what what does that mean something that lasts beyond your dance on this planet and tree planting in what you just described is legacy work at its finest i think yeah lauren i'd, I'd love it if you shared a little bit about how while we do tree planting tree planting is not actually the end goal yeah that's a ironic thing to say for an organization that plants hundreds of trees annually with what you know, is hundreds what of is the end goal <laughs> so well obviously as we said you know there's that benefit from the trees being in the ground and there's that cool feeling of like hey look we did that there's trees where there weren't and that always feels awesome you know just from a holistic standpoint but you know as as stacy mentioned we've had so many interactions directly with the residents directly with volunteers from the neighborhoods we're planting trees in. We have people requesting trees and then they're wrangling volunteers to come out. People and, driving more than an hour to come plant a tree yeah. with us. And the, the, the whole thing is, it's like, as, as Stacy mentioned, it's 
like the tree, get the tree, get it in the ground is great. And you're going to learn how to plant a tree and you, you can just show up to any one of our events. You don't need gloves. You don't need tools. We have it all, you know, sign the waiver, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, like we have the opportunities for, you know, the full whole family, we have tools for children and you're going to learn all that stuff. But again, it's like, we're not expecting anyone to walk away being, you know, a certified forester or anything like that, or an arborist. We're not expecting you to walk away, like knowing all the benefits of a tree. You're going to learn some of that. But you're going to walk away having done a thing with a bunch of people that you never would have interacted with before in a community you probably never would have gone to a lot of times when we're doing our larger planting initiatives on, you know, in neighborhoods that are essentially, again, disenfranchised neighborhoods that don't have these resources. Well, trees aren't the only thing that's lacking in those neighborhoods. So um, it's the thing that happens, you know, in that moment when people come together. It's similar to when we're doing these, these tra- you know, these trash pickups with you. It's yeah. like there's a thing there and it's like you can call you can try to put a name on it you can call it awe you can call it a lot of different things but that moment of of clarity of like this feels right i feel more grounded now than i ever have you know like and i want to do this again like i just i just dug a hole willingly with my free time and i'm like let me know when you're doing another one because i'm ready to come and dig another hole (laughs) you know like and we don't plant small trees so it's a lot of work but it's gratifying and that moment of of really you know bringing community together that's the thing getting people together around this idea that's the thing it's a community building tool it's a it's a tool to bring people back together it's and there's a lot of different ways it can be utilized as far as whether it's you know one family that wants to use it as a way to remember a lost loved one and that's why they named the tree what they did you know and that's like this is an honorary tree this is a way that we can recognize the legacy of someone we've lost it's an opportunity for healing you know for some folks and for others it's just you know in honor of a kid they just had you know so it's forestry in some ways is kind of like a time machine you know we're trying to learn from before and plan for the future and enjoy what we have in front of us right now and i think we're just trying to pass that on with everybody and create that opportunity this has been a, a fabulous conversation. I think it's it's nice doing it outside at a picnic table right before a trash cleanup too. Uh, there's there's something a little poetic to me about that. Uh, I'm gonna do a round table. Allison from Happy People Hike is here. Want to say hi, oh, Allison? Hey. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Allison's a wonderful Thanks. my wonderful partner on these GR trash cleanup events along with the friends group. Well, she's a wonderful partner of friends as well. Here so to she, save the podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Yep. I don't know what you guys are just talking about, but I'm here to fix and it. She <laughs> the, and she set up the table for the and she set up the table for the event. Yes, yes, she did. Uh, You're welcome. Let's do it. Let's do a round. Obviously, we're going to tell people how they can donate and or get involved with the Friends of GR Parks in the captions and the show notes. Uh, that's that's easy to find. Uh, support your parks here. Support your parks everywhere. But let's go round table on. Uh, one, if there was one action step that somebody could take, whether it's their first step or a next step, uh, why should they do it? Uh, I mean, I think the, the most important thing, if somebody's looking to take a first step is to look outside, wherever you are, find a window and look out and find something beautiful. I think that's the first step. And my friend Bridgette talks about that all the time when she was in a, a rough spot in her life, somebody gave her a camera and said, start taking pictures of beautiful things. And she was in a place where she couldn't get out of her house. And so she went out, she looked and started taking pictures outside and then she wanted to figure out how she could get closer. So what does it take to get to my front porch? What does it take to get to my sidewalk? What does it take to find that park? And I think that 
of all, there's just, there are mountains of shit and pain and heartache in the world today. And that's all real. And a lot of it is structural and depending on who you are and where you are and what you look like and who you love and those type of things, it's, it, the, the mountains are going to shift, but that doesn't mean that your pain, regardless of who you are, or what you are, doesn't matter. It does. But there are still ways to find joy and to explore joy and to find peace and to find rest. And I think it starts with finding something beautiful and, and that can be then the, you know, the next step is that easy step of if there's something beautiful and somebody hasn't seen it or is in too hurry or is in too much hurt, uh, to see it and throw something on the ground. Like, I mean, these little things actually have massive repercussions that we'll never really fully know what they are. And that's what I think is so important because you're not looking, when you plant a tree, you're not looking for an immediate feedback loop. When you pick up a piece of trash, you get that immediate feedback loop, but you don't know how that is going to reverberate through whoever saw you, the community, um, the wildlife, the nature that might be able to thrive because of that. So, but I think, yeah, step one, look for something beautiful. Dig that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would say for me, get connected. You know, this idea of connection, I mentioned being grounded, um, not as a teenager, I was a model student, but, uh, in my adult age, um, <laughs> You know, I think, and that you don't have to go far. I mean, in Grand Rapids, we're fortunate. We have 76 parks, you know, but whether it's your Three yard, cemeteries and a golf course. One yeah, of the cemeteries is cemeteries are one of my favorite places, you know, but find something. It doesn't have to be trees, you know, just get outside. Find something that gets you excited, something that gets you connected. I think for me, staying connected to nature and being able to, you know, cultivate the earth that, you know, I happen to just show up on and then, yay, I'm here and I'm American, whatever. It's a piece of dirt. But I'm here and this is where I grew up and it, it really gives me a lot of gratification to be able to put my hands in, in this earth where I'm from and cultivate it and, you know, procure future generations opportunities to have an environment left, hopefully, fingers crossed. But I don't think you necessarily have to go that far to find that kind of connection. And, I you know, there's plenty of introverts out there listening to podcasts, too, where it's like it doesn't have to be with people, you know, go hug a tree. It really does feel great. But, you know, watch out for poison ivy. But I think there's ways to stay connected to nature. There's ways to stay connected to outside. You know, I think just take those opportunities, those little moments of joy, you know, and happy is healthy and healthy is happy. And I think finding opportunities to just connect with what makes you happy and go for that, I mean, that's where you have to start because no one else is going to do it for you. Awesome. Allison. I think I said you're, you're in here. <laughs> I would say put your phone down, go sit outside, even if you have to sit on pavement, if you don't have dirt, and just feel. Try to not think for a minute and just take a breath, feel like they said, you know, look around. I think do it initially without other people. I think that's a connection that we're missing. Everything is what's happening around us versus what's happening in us. And what's happening in us, to me, is a reflection of the earth around us. So just finding that initial connection and then you build on it from there. Something small and simple and then keep going. What about you, Mike? I think I'm going to do a little, my little yogic flair and say take off your shoes, whether it's pavement, dirt, any of that, and put your feet on the ground and sit and breathe for five minutes. See how you feel and you're probably going to feel better than you did when you started breathing. And then... The next step's all up to you from there. And, and Mike, just for those of you who haven't seen a photo of him, he has yoga. He has a lot of flair. So it's not just yoga flair. 19 pieces of flair on me. 
eight planets in Pluto. Now Pluto got relegated to basically, the moon. TGI Fridays yes, with yeah, Lillard. basically. <laughs> Mike is like the like the flaring TGI Fridays of the outdoors, yeah. and then he picks up more some trash flare. Oh yeah. man, I, we have a new tagline. It's perfect. Yep, it's great. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us today on the How episode. Awesome. Uh, we'll have Jill back to co-host you guys on your favorite sandwiches. Yeah, in, we will. In yeah. season six, uh, Denise and I spent a lot of time talking about great sandwiches. She's our development coordinator. Season six, the sandwich. Yes. Yeah. So, so season four was switchbacks and sandwiches. And Jill really thrived in, in that. We almost did tacos and treks in season five, but we we're in the Midwest, so we, we picked a different theme. Well, pierogies and parks could work. We were talking oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Especially, Especially in Grand, Grand Rapids, Rapids, right? Like, yeah. we actually stumbled on that. West uh, side? Yeah. And, and for folks who are listening in Grand Rapids, we do have our... You know, I, we know this is supposed to be a funky, fun, evergreen episode, but if you are listening in before August 11th, 2022, you can come hang out with, I'm, hopefully you'll be there. Green I meant Gala? To, Yeah, I've been meaning to send yeah, you an email, actually. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Green Gala. She's a customer, too. Yeah, be like yeah. Allison. Be like Allison. Come hang well, out. We got pierogies. Email. I get it and done that minute. We got pierogies. We got polka. We got parks. We got, we got hot barbecue. air balloons. Barbecue. Tacos. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. and, and if you he- listen to it after <laughs> August 11th, there is still ways to donate. Yeah. There's going to be a gala in 2023. Yep. And every spring and fall, there's we're going to be putting 500 to 1,000 trees in the ground. So Or more. The goal, Our goal is to, to find our partners who want to make a generational shift in the way we do tree planting uh, and, and park building to get 10,000 new trees in the ground the next three years so that every neighborhood that's both in right away as well as uh, private trees giveaway, that every neighborhood, we think with 10,000 trees, we can get every neighborhood to the 30% urban tree canopy goal. Well, and, and that's... That's what it's all about. And yep. there are, orga- for those of you outside of the GR, there's organizations like y'all elsewhere. And Absolutely. there's ways in which you can, you don't, while well, highly encouraged, you don't have to come to Lake Michigan. No. And the GR to do it. Happy to connect so, folks if they're interested in reaching out to us directly through, you know, the show notes, et cetera. Yep. You know, happy to point you in directions of folks we do know because we get to interact with quite a few of them. And there's a lot of great folks doing this work. And work in this vein, so just That's right. the more exposure yeah. we got, the better. So, and I believe up here we prefer use versus y'all. Oh yeah, use y'all works, use, but y'all. use is it becomes use guys. Comes use ah if, use if guys. user interested. I don't yeah. know. I just moved to the country and it's oh. y'all. Well, so <laughs> well now we're gonna we're gonna give you a little side drop before we all leave. My my friend Lara was a social worker and yoga teacher in Atlanta. And when she was starting to work on her pronouns, she said, I realized that I call everyone, hey, you guys. So she yeah, said, she yep. said, I wanted to go gender <laughs> neutral. And she said, and I don't know if it was me living in Atlanta in the South for a while. She said, but y'all's the word that I landed on. And, and for whatever reason, she said it that day. This was several years ago. That stuck with me. And she and I still use that word i like it yeah no y'all's good i went i went to the university of mississippi for my undergraduate and learned y'all and i and everybody down there told me that south dakota wasn't real and i grew up on the southern canadian peninsula <laughs> so it's good to be back in michigan <laughs> where i can end my sentences fondly safely with a, a couple well of bars. here we go everyone time to go pick up some trash thanks for listening <laughs> to the hashtag 59 podcast Go to our website, hashtag59.com. Events, podcasts, blogs. That's it, y'all.
Sandwich recipes. Sandwich recipes. And pierogies. Yes. And Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you next time. Oh,